right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly is not here. This is Neil. I'm joined by DJ to my left. DJ, how are you? Hello, Neil. I'm doing great. How are you? And TC across the table in the kill house. TC, what's burning? Uh, I'm exhausted. Baptism yesterday for a little guy. Belated birthday party today with a bounce house, water slide. Don't do two parties in one weekend. It was a lot. It was a lot. Uncle Neil's a little worn out as well. Substitute teaching tonight as well, so hopefully everyone will go easy on us. Uh, TC and I watched the F1 race. Great finish. Thought that uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Great That's start, where, too. Great start. That's where Sally is right now, so hopefully we're going to dial him in towards the end of the pod. That's some on-the-ground reporting. Exactly. Yeah. Boots on the ground in Austin, Texas at the, uh, what do they call it, the, the court? The court. Coda. Coda. Sorry. Circuit of the Circuit Americas. Circuit of the Americas. I'm already blowing it. Anyway, on to some other high-performance equipment. The Callaway Epic Max Starline. TC, what do you know about the Epic Max Starline? Everybody that's out there searching for speed, get this thing. <laughs> the search is this over. This is what you want? over. Yeah. A certain type of speed, right? A certain type kind of speed. Kind of that like Devante Smith, like the, <laughs> the nimble speed. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're not, it's not the big boy... 230 pounds, I'm in the weight room doing deadlift kind of speed. It's so the, Randy speed. It's like the plyometric speed, you know, kind of the <laughs> Devante Smith uh, nebbish speed. Well, according to Callaway, it recently announced their ultra lightweight, ultra premium Epic Max Starline. The lineup consists of a driver, irons, fairway woods, and hybrids. These clubs are geared towards players who can pick up more distance through faster swing speeds and higher launch angles. Who does that sound like? Randy. That sounds a little bit like Randy. Sounds a lot bit like Randy. Which could help someone like Randy provide more carry and therefore total distance. The Max Star driver weighs 52 grams less than the standard Epic Max driver in a That's club a with lot. a total a lot. In, in, in a club with a total weight around 300 to 320 grams. Saving 52 grams is a lot. That's big savings and they're passing the savings on to you. The word is enormous. In the, in the electric enormous some would say. It electric. Is. So take a look at the Epic Max Star family at CallawayGolf.com. All right, on to the Zozo. Gentlemen, how much golf did you watch at Accordia Golf Narshino Country Club this weekend? Uh, I watched a fair bit of golf. I won't say that I watched uh, any of it live. I watched it on through the magic of, of DVR, as I'm sure uh, many of the Americans who watched this golf tournament did. Nor did I watch it at Narshino Accordia Country I, I watched it. From, the from my home. Of, of, my, of my couch. Yeah, exactly. Well, the tournament was at, and it's Accordia Golf Narshino Country Club. Okay. Sure. I watched, a, I watched, caught up on the final round on DVR this morning, which, by the way, if you think watching commercials is annoying, <laughs> wait until you got to pick up the remote every time uh, there's a commercial, then you really notice how many commercials there are. But I digress. Uh, I actually thought it was a really fun watch. I was very skeptical. Uh, I was very, uh, you know, well, let me actually say this up front. I, I, I Events like the Zozo, I'm, I'm, absolutely cool with i know that they're not geared towards me they're geared towards a completely different market a massive rabid fan base in japan that wants to watch the best players in the world and i think if you look at what happened this weekend the pj tour got uh, a nice payoff on their investment with hideki winning and it's yeah it's the rare silly season fall reach around series event that like makes sense 
Totally. Right? You know, you're it's it's a golf crazed country. Hideki winning when he's not in form even. Uh somehow the purse went up by almost two million dollars year over year. Yeah, Huge. one Hideki one point seven five million, I think. One point seven nine million. One point seven nine. It's a lot of dough. It's a lot of money. Uh which, you know, although I guess it was it was nine point seven in 2019 and then 8 million last year and then up to 9.95 this year. Well, but pretty good list of winners too. You got uh, hell yeah. the Cat, Cantlay and Hideki. Yeah. DJ, would you lump the whole Asian swing in as what what you were saying about the Zozo? Good I, for I the f- game or just good for the tour? I feel like the Zozo has real authentic juice at least with the with the people on site, right? Like I know Tron I'm an alley-oop, alley-oop Tron here. I know you watch like the WGC, HSBC in China. That event. That's my least favorite event on the entire Seems calendar. like it doesn't have a lot of juice. I didn't, I never really got too jacked up about the Malaysia event. Shout out to The Leash. CJ Cup's cool. CJ Cup looks great. I don't know, Jeju Island. Shout out to Squid Game. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, the Zozo, you watch it and it's just absolutely like the, the galleries are packed. The golf course looks kind of fun. It almost has like a... Um, I don't know, almost like a Olympic club, like Northern California type, type look, big trees, a lot of shade, long shadows, just looks really lush, really cool. Uh, and then of course, I mean, I'm, I'm an absolute sucker for, you know, the, the hometown boy winning. Right. And the fact that Hideki goes over there, we talk about it all the time. Everybody talks about it all the time, but the amount of pressure that Japanese fans, Japanese media, all these, all these countrymen put on these Japanese players is just absolutely outrageous, which is weird because I almost feel like they can probably feel a little anonymous when they're here in the States. I mean, Hideki, maybe not this year since he won the Masters, but the last four years when he's winless, I mean, he's probably going event to event and dealing with the Japanese media in in a lot of like kind of in bursts, right? But once that's gone, I bet it's a very lonely, different kind of experience. And seeing him go over there this week and just be an absolute rock star is really freaking cool. And not only that, but seeing him summon something, seeing him figure it out. I mean, there was a great quote going around beginning of the week uh, where he was talking about, you know, if my game was at the Masters was a 10 out of 10, then right now it's about a 1 out of 10. And seeing him uh, go out and just figure it out and get a W against like a pretty decent field is, you know, it's it's incredibly impressive. Kind of kind of whiffs of, of cat, right? A little, a little, little bit, bit cat-like. I, uh, I Masters Zozo. You the Masters Zozo double, is, exactly. Is, uh, Only two men to ever do it that's in history. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I watched some on Friday and then watched both weekend rounds, kind of condensed, did something similar to you. The Sunday round, basically, I knew what was going to happen. I knew Cam Trincali was not going to win. So I, but that was it, because it was on delay or it, that was because you, you just, that historical was historical data. I woke up and I was so excited to like watch it. And I was like, oh my God, like I get to watch Cam Trincali like choke but it, it, like I can I can totally you know and it took him longer to choke than it normally does I th- I think it wasn't an outright it was more choke H- more Hideki slamming the door than it was well so I mean he bogeyed his last Hideki goals, finished but he was already out of it he was already out one of by it. five strokes finished with three birdies and an eagle on the back nine to uh, would you say run down Cam Tringali I mean he was trailing at a point on the back nine he was, he was trailing by one and he ended up winning by five so okay. it, it was uh, birdies on 11 13 15 and then kind of a Weird bogey on 17. I don't know if you saw that one, Tron, but they yeah. both caught like identical flyers. Oh, Neil, you would have been very jacked up. Extreme <laughs> Icarito balls. Down, just, down, <laughs> down. Back to back, Shit. just like 20 yards over the green. It was it was outrageous. But yeah, then the eagle on 18 was was absurd. Should have been it, like possibly a two. Yeah, <laughs> like almost, almost hooped it for a two. And it was very, uh, it's just so cool. 
very obvious, but it's so cool when the cool, like when the best, most exciting shot of the week is saved for the last hole. Yeah. Right. And especially by the eventual winner, especially by the guy everybody's rooting for. I mean, it's you don't get that in, in Which, golf tournaments all the time, and it was it's awesome to watch. Coincidentally, also happened in uh, Korea this week at the yeah BMW Ladies Open over there too with uh, Jin Young Ko. She hit like a a wood from I don't know, 180 yards out and almost hooped it yeah. there too. But I think yeah, I mean. You know, obviously, Chingale, you know, no, he threw no fault of his own. He lost by five. He played the last eight holes in two over par. And, you know, a I mean, good finish not, for him, though. He won $875,000, which just pads his, you know, pads his whole thing. He's won, what, the most amount of money of anybody ever? I, I would agree with you that, that it, hasn't it, won. it's tough. <laughs> I was going to say, can it's, we finish that sentence? It's tough to see someone that, who's never won. Like, that's, you know, that's going to be a tough block to ride for. But to play consistently and finish inside the top 10, top 20 consistently and keep your card without winning a golf tournament in your career is also very, very impressive. Sure. And also, like, do it without ever doing anything of note, like, in majors or, like, important events, too. It's it's. It's really impressive. He shot that like 48 or whatever it was at Kiowa. That was a, a landmark moment <laughs> at a major championship. It just, I just, like, this is why we need the death panel. This guy's drafting off of the cat. <laughs> All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. I want to give a, a couple of quotes. Kyle Porter, piece at CBS Sports. I was curious if, I'm guessing these were in Japanese and translated to English, but uh, what you said earlier, DJ, uh, from Hideki, my confidence was around a one or a two heading into the week, but thanks to all the Japanese crowds out there, I was able to feed off of their energy and play well. A note on that, jarring and uh, refreshing and fascinating to see people not yelling at impact. Like, just not a thing over there, right? When, like, everybody's just, ah, <laughs> like that, none of that. Shout out to Japan. God, I, I really. There's no Japanese post shot shout. Apparently not. I, I've, I've. They might God. be the greatest fans in golf. They just like be. the Cardinals, just like fans the Cardinals in baseball. Fan. You know, I think that I was shocked at how big the galleries were. Yeah, I, they were I, huge. I, I, I don't know what better endorsement you can give, and I don't know if I will do this ever. But I was sitting there watching on the couch this morning. I was like, man, I'd like to go to this event. Like, this looks sick. I kind of want to see what the, what it's all about. I would like to go play golf in Japan. Yeah, because it, it it seems like it would be a very different chapter in in the book of golf. Like a whole different vibe over there. Sounds like they have some great infrastructure, like bridges sure. and elevators and all kinds of shit, you know, and, and some hilly courses. So I'm very very intrigued. What did you guys think of Tringale uh, playing to the crowd? <laughs> that was interesting. On uh, was that 16 when he just kind of like two putt par? Well, he's he was got doing like the, it all day yesterday. He's got too. the hat off and he's he's putting his hands up. He and, did double pistols yesterday, <laughs> uh, and then like blew them off. He's trying he to did. summon something, TC. Yeah. He's trying to will his way, you know, into the winner's circle and showman. into your and into your heart. Maybe he's trying to just identify his brand. He's trying to figure out who he is out there. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm good. <laughs> What I will say about about that event too, I mean, a lot of this stuff is is luck. I mean, it just depends who plays well at your tournament and and a bunch of things going your way. But having this event, I mean, obviously got messed up with COVID last year and they ended up having it at that was the one at Sherwood, Sherwood. right? But the two winners in Japan being Tiger Woods and Hideki Matsuyama, like I'd say that's pretty fucking good good promotion for your tournament. And so hopefully it just keeps turning into uh, something that players like to go check out and, and big names like to go play because it it seems. It seems like the kind of thing that we wish there was more of, right? Like we were always kind of saying like all this world tour stuff and I wish, you know, the best players would go to Japan. I wish they'd go to Australia. I wish they'd go to, you know, wherever. And and this is a good example of seeing big names go over to a golf rich environment and win. And it's it's really cool. Now less big names this year. Does that event need to be a PJ tour event? Should it be more of a PGL kind of like 
big names only type of event. I don't know, but I'm glad it, it seems like a positive seems a step like in the positive in, in direction. A, an authentic example of like what the Asian swing should look like. Yeah, totally. It could have gone sideways though. Like they could have had Brendan Steele win. And that's that what I've been bad. That is what I was gonna say. Is like again, I, I know this is not about not about me. It's not even. I would assume it's not about American audiences really, like at all. But yeah, if Brendan Steele goes out and wins, like I'm, I'm totally fine just not watching it, not even thinking about it as well. So this is. I, I remember saying this about the fall uh, a couple of years ago. And it's really held true. Is the, the fall golf is if you have the right mindset, it's only upside. It's additive. Yeah, it's right? complimentary. Like it's it's. And I don't know if, you know, big name players feel the same way if if they have to go play a bunch more events now so they don't get passed by like William McGirt on the FedEx Cup list or something. <laughs> but it's uh it's one of those you things have that's to be playing pretty bad to get passed by William McGirt. <laughs> but you know what McGirt. I mean? It's like a lot we we hear yeah. that all the time. Like, oh, so and so went off to this huge start in the FedEx Cup and now big names are playing because they're getting passed and blah blah blah. I mean, Tringali is up to seventh in the FedEx He's Cup. He's probably rampaging the Comcast top ten right <laughs> For now. Sure. Uh, but it's one of those things. It's like, oh, if it's a shitty, shitty field, shitty golf course, shitty, you know, telecast, whatever. Like, yeah, just don't watch. Uh, but if it's cool, you know, if Rory's winning. Hey, awesome! I'll flip that on. Uh, also, you know, just I've I've told you guys about him, Takumi Kanaya. He's coming. T seven. He's here, and he's going to Bermuda. You said right? He's go. He's into the Bermuda field. I don't know if he's going. He's currently sixty eighth in the world ranking and rising. There you go. So Hideki, he's 29. He's now won seven times, seven PGA Tour events, and seven of the 13 totals for uh, Japanese-born players. Overrated, underrated, properly rated Hideki. The fact that he's only 29, I think, is is interesting. Surprising, right? Yeah. He feels he to me, he's always felt a little older, but I guess he came on the scene, you know, low am at, at the Masters, and he's been at it for a while. I think he, over the course of his career, very classic fence-sitting answer here. I think he's inhabited all three of those zones. What do you think he is right now? Masters, he was probably overrated. I think like way back in the day, he was drastically underrated. Shout out to Sean Martin, who was beating this drum for a very long time. That's where you got all the Kennedy win type (laughs) questions. Uh, Then he didn't win for like four years. He was probably pretty accurately rated. And now I'd say he's probably a little underrated. Any any or, hist- any oh, historical? Maybe I never touched on overrated. I don't know if he's ever been overrated. Not to put you on the spot, but any historical comp like as you as you watch his career unfold, Adam Scott. That's really good. You think so? Yeah. Yep. Bad putter. <laughs> favorite ball striker's favorite ball striker. Yeah, I mean Adam Scott. Let's see. He uh, Scott's got to be like what thirteen wins on uh, on tour on tour. Let's see. Uh, God, I hate it when you type in Adam Scott in Wikipedia and it, par- it pulls up the Parks and Rec guy. No, put, no, no respect for the PGA Tour star. Puts, puts golf in its place a little bit. Uh, Adam Scott's 41. He has 14 PGA Tour victories, twice as many as Hideki. At the same point, Adam Scott was, so he was born in... The actor or the golfer? Uh, the golfer. He was born in 1980, July 1980. And he had, let's see, PGA Tour-wise, he won his first one at the age of 23. And then he won twice in 2004 at 24. One, once in 2006. They're pretty much like neck and neck. Yeah, that's uh, a good comp. Adam Scott won, won the won the Masters when he was he was 30, 33, 33, I think. Yeah, yeah. so a little bit behind there, but I think one one win ahead at the time, and, and had a Tour Championship to his name pretty early on too. I had not thought about that. That's a good comparison. 
And another quote from from Hideki is uh, the most P- quote the most PJ Tour wins by an Asian by the Asian players is KJ Choi's eight wins and Shigeki Mariyama told me to go on and beat that record. So I'm glad I'm getting close to that particular record. Hell yeah. Shigeki so, said dominate. <laughs> he said dominate. I said hell yes, brother. Uh, anything else from the Zozo? Anybody else that uh, caught your eye? TC, I know you like to uh, scroll the leaderboard and just throw some random names out McKenzie there. Mackenzie Hughes. The time. There you go. Was uh, it 66-66? T4, nine shots back. Mackenzie Hughes and Mike Wallace, uh, <laughs> along with uh, Sebastian Munoz there. Um, Munoz, dog. <laughs> Aspiring dog. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Fleetwood. You could, you could have him. Fleetwood Morikawa, both T7 and minus five. See, I saw that too. I was like ready to get hyped about that but they're like 10 shots back (laughs) (laughs) xander what t28 stinky one thing we we should mention about hideki and the zozo as well is uh obviously was in japan for the olympics just missed out on a medal so missed out on the playoff or he was in the playoff yeah but lost right Uh, yeah i think yeah fourth but just uh cool to see him bounce back from that and then get a, a w in front of the uh the home fans like i said i'm i'm a sucker for that and it was very cool to see how excited everybody was for it I struggle with the the, the uh, no cut events. Like even if it's going to be a top tier event, the no cut stuff is just you got guys out there playing. Yeah, you, know, you got uh, Ryuji Yamada and Doc Redman toiling away 29, 35 shots off the lead. Like that's a lot. That's a lot of strokes. Just getting reps in. Yeah. Sure. Ricky T forty four, I think right? after a you know strong week in Vegas. Anybody else? Zalatoris T fifty four. I'm hearing some things about his putting that really, really concerning, guys. That Masters putt, that's happening a lot. That's happening a lot. It's happening frequently. It's not a one-off kind of thing. And he makes a ton of, like, 10 to 25-footers. I looked into the stats, heard some anecdotes. There's some some demons there, guys. And I know, I know I, you know, I'm not saying anything that's, that's – not obvious here, but that shit hasn't gone away. If only, if anything, it's gotten worse. Well, listen, what a what a metaphor then with Hideki winning this week. It can <laughs> yeah. it can it can be cleaned up. It can be tightened up. Who knows? Well, yeah, he'll be around for a little while. He's got some time to work on it. The other thing is the ball striking doesn't seem to go away. So yeah. <laughs> at least if you can at least if you can figure that out, which you, seems to be how those guys separate. That's themselves. why you know, based on Adam Scott's career, Hideki's going to be winning for another fifteen years. Totally. Yeah. All right, let's take a look ahead. Bermuda this week. The Butterfield. The Butterfield. What do you guys think? Excited to watch? (laughs) The tax. I know DJ's just jacked up. He's already got a DVR'd. He's ready to go. This is like the kind of thing, let me just reiterate everything I just said, where the the fall is, it's all upside. This is preemptive, no offense to uh, the people of Bermuda. No offense to anyone. Tours in Bermuda, who puts the tour, the event on, I believe. No No offense to anyone. I think they're the sponsor. Doesn't, who cares? Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. But... This is, I don't think I'm going to be watching this one. You don't so, want to watch Brian Gay defend his title? Brian Gay's listen, that's great. If there, if I had truly Kirk, Kirkland I don't signature know to, like, you're, Charlie Hoffman, you're, you're really painting me into a corner here between being honest <laughs> and uh, and being mean. Come on, and, people want the takes, man. Yeah, if I have literally nothing else going on, then yeah, I might flip it on. But I just I don't know what I'm moving around in my schedule to watch the the Bermuda event, especially with. Uh, I believe the Money Q Info was was tweeting out some stuff about the field. So apparently, with the COVID regulations yeah, over they're there, super strict on the very, island. Very very strict on the island. Understandably, it's an island. Yeah, requiring vaccination or fourteen day quarantine. So the field is uh, is going deep. I believe Carlos Franco 
just got in the field who hasn't won on the PJ Tour in 18 years. <laughs> TA3 is like the TA3 fourth is alternate. Is he? Alternate. Yeah. Hell yes. Olin Brown's an alternate. God, I'm gonna have to get on a blower and see if he's uh, if Frank, he's booked his flights yet. Frank Licklider. Blade. Uh, <laughs> <Blade. laughs> well, no, never mind. Yeah, a couple players in the field: Patrick Reed and Danny Willett. Danny Willett was one of the notables in the field, which is hell yeah, just kind of tough. Uh, it's just not not my thing. God, I thought you would be DVRing it, throwing on your Bermuda shorts, the high socks, I'm taking the outfit on the couch. That, no, you stole that from me. <laughs> I said that about Neil before. I beat him with before, speed, baby. Before. Let's go. <laughs> I'm taking the opposite tack. I'm. I, this is. It's like Reno. It's it's like Mayakoba or Sanderson. I like watching these events as long as the the veterans don't take over. I like it when it's a knife fight between the sure. between the wily old scrappy vets who should have been death paneled years ago and. And granted, this course is very fun to look and at. Like young and young dudes. Yes, it's very, very pretty looking. Like it's. It, I remember the year Brennan Todd one was like it's gorgeous. And uh, the wind's was whipping. It? I was going to say, kinda... if the wind gets way up, I'll, I would love. Then, then everything I just said went out to goes out the window. <laughs> so it's conditions based. Yeah, but I don't want to watch like an earnest competition between these be... guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> it should be something they can only have the event. If, like the surfing contest, like like the Eddie, yeah, out in uh, that's a great Hawaii. Idea. You know, you can only have this event. You can only have the Bahamas Corn Ferry event. Yeah, when it's blowing more than like 25, 30 miles an hour. We need you on the island for up to three weeks. <laughs> it will be ready at a moment's notice. When the when the wind gets up to a certain level, then we'll we'll have the tournament. Okay, so don't expect DJ on the pod next week. <laughs> I'm happy to talk about it. I just it <laughs> might not be you know glowing, but. Are you going to watch? You're not going to fucking watch it. Yeah, of course it. I'm watching. Watch every week. Come on. I didn't miss it. I didn't miss a shot from the Zozo. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, bro? TC, take us to the BMW Ladies Championship. It was in Korea. To be honest, I just watched the I watched some of the final round. We saw some highlights. Jin Young Ko is just she's killing people right now. She's yeah, she's fully weaponized at this point. She's won four times in her last seven starts. Uh she defeated He Jung Lim in a playoff this week uh in Korea. Uh, kind of crazy to dig into her, you know, obviously former number one in the world. And I think I saw something she's set to pass. She's set to pass Nelly again. As Current and future. Past and future. Past, yeah. Uh, so she's she's getting ready to retake that number one spot. Uh, but kind of crazy. I didn't read a ton about this at the time, and I probably just missed it. But LPGA had a good story about her being the 200th Korean victory on the tour. And buried in there were kind of some quotes about her earlier in the year and what a struggle she was going with. And if you remember, I mean, really during Nelly's kind of dominance, Jin Young Ko didn't, she was playing okay, but not up to her like legitimately Tiger-esque standards. And she was, uh, there was a couple quotes in there about like, apparently she was fighting through some swing stuff. Both her grandparents got sick. I believe uh, one or both of them passed away. And she was just going through this like massive crisis of conscience almost. Like, why am I even playing golf? What am I doing? Why can't I like my family needs me to be in Korea, but I can't because I'm over here playing golf and like what the hell's going on? She said during the ANA, she said I probably slept three or four hours a day because I was crying so much, which, you know, I'm not a professional golfer, but that seems like a tough, tough place to play golf from, yeah. I would think. And she looked at it almost like this, uh, she called it like a golf adolescence or like a golf puberty almost where she like kind of pushed through it. And now it seems like she's either in a much better place or figured out how to adapt or, or something. But yeah, it was fairly limited on, on details in the story, but some of those quotes just kind of blew me away. And now it just seems like she's hit the total consciousness. Mode. Yeah. She might four, have hit four out of seven. Yeah. It's just complete like afterburner mode, just mowing people down. So it's uh 
fascinating to watch. And it's not like it was a it was a poor field or anything. I mean, Lydia Ko was, yeah. was third. Alim Kim won the U.S. Women's Open down in Houston uh, last year. T3 as well. Daniel Kang, T10. Ari Jutanagar in T12. Like, really, you know, strong field. Yeah. So the ladies have one more event before their uh, tour championship down in Naples. They've got the Pelican Women's Championship in down in Tampa, uh, November 11th through 14th. So a couple weeks off for them, and then, uh, you know, kind of nose to the grindstone two weeks in a row there. Well, no, uh, no second read today. Uh, similar to Rolex, we're gonna we're gonna you know buy out some time here on behalf of the listeners. Uh, so go go visit the store store.nolayingup.com. Small shop. We got we got tons of stuff coming in. The rest of the pod be brought to you commercial free. Commercial free. Thanks to the No Laying Up Pro Shop. Thanks to the Czar. Yes, <laughs> the, the Czar personally wrote, wrote, wrote a check to uh, uh, to Solly and the gang. And and tune in uh, Wednesday nights. Yeah, if we're doing ad reads, we yeah. got tourist sauce coming out. We're working my fucking well, the whole point balls was we off. We weren't doing one. Well, we're still in it though. It hasn't <laughs> ended yet. I'm filibustering. Okay. Uh, no, tourist sauce Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. 9 p.m. Eastern. Thank you. Uh, from uh, episodes from Michigan, presented by our friends at Precision Pro. So, yeah, uh, this week is Ann University Arbor. of Michigan, Ann Arbor. All right. Well, some some other news in the golf world. Uh, the maybe P- not. Well, yeah. Sorry. The PGL slash Super League slash Saudi saga, whatever you want to call it. Article came out in Golf Week. Eamon Lynch basically reporting that there are eight players that asked the PGA Tour for permission, a waiver to play in the Saudi International Tournament February 3rd through 6th, I believe. Which this feels just like a little bit of saber rattling. Just, you know, for some of them. God, like, hey, you know, term. DJ wants to go play over there. He wants to defend. Yeah. So those eight, those eight names are DJ, Graham McDowell, all in Co-Crack, Honest Abe Answer, Lee Westwood, Tommy Fleetwood, Henrik Stenson, and Kevin Na, which I didn't expect Na's name to be there. Maybe he's played in the past, but... I think, uh, Kevin, I think he did. I think Kevin Na really likes the he might just guaranteed like, pay. <laughs> he just loves money. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, the PGA Tour previously said it would deny players the opportunity to play in these events and even has even threatened uh, lifetime bans uh, in relation to these... Well, the uh, other leagues. Well, the that's, other leagues. That's the other league. That's yeah. So don't conflate this... But it was mentioned event. in this article as this being a piece of that um, that type of, you know, this would be under that umbrella. Now, eventually, yes. the Saudi event is being run under the Asian Tour umbrella in which the Saudis invested $100 million, I believe, earlier this year. Um, so that, you know, that's interesting because technically it's part of a tour, but because of the Saudi influence, maybe that's a, an issue for the tour now. So the tour has 30 days before the event, before they have to say yes or no on the waivers. So I think 30 Jan- days before, yeah, before the event. Yeah, so yeah. January 3rd, January 4th is when they that would be kind of the, the deadline for them saying yes or no. What say you two? What do you think? <laughs> well, I, I, give you the last I'll word. Give you, yeah, let's see. Come <laughs> on, what's burning? First and foremost, every time we film a wild world of golf with one of these guys, we have to reach out to the tour for a release as well. You know, sure. For them well, on their behalf. Which is understandable. It's part of their media rights. The, yeah. When a player joins, just for anybody who doesn't understand this, I know we've covered it before, but... When a player joins the PGA Tour and takes up PGA Tour membership, in addition to a pension and health insurance and all kinds of the other uh, really marvelous benefits you get as a PGA Tour player, uh, you also sign away your marketing rights. So what that means is when you want to go play in another tour, when you want to go play in somebody's very stupid video, like in our case, like the tour uh, understandably has protective rights over those things. So you you can't, Neil, you as PGA Tour player can't just say, Thank you for all those things, PJ Tour. Now I'm going to actually go 
you know, hypothetically, I'm going to go play a match against Tom Brady uh, <laughs> during your comp, you know, during your competition uh, and compete with you for eyeballs. Like, obviously, the PJ Tour doesn't want anybody doing that. And so that's why you have anytime that does happen, like when players go over and play European Tour events, they, they sign releases. And when it's not a sanctioned event, uh, then obviously it's pretty heavily coordinated with the PJ Tour. Like, that's why you see the match you know, one, two, three, four, whatever, usually on a very dead time, the day after Thanksgiving, the, you know, nights when it's not opposing uh, PJ Tour play. So that's the the very, very simple background on why all this shit happens. The more complicated background is who's pulling the strings on all of these potential breakaway leagues. Uh, one of them is the Saudi... Super League. Yeah, the Saudi, the Super Golf League, the Saudi Golf League, the SGL, whatever. The Saw League. Whatever it is, which uh, <laughs> which allegedly, based on everything that's now been reported, uh, it sounds like the Saudi, like this Saudi group was invent- like initially involved with the PGL, the Premier Golf League, uh, basically saw their business model. It was a real, uh, you know, Kendall Roy, uh, you know, I saw their plan. My dad's plan was better, uh, <laughs> I, apparently. So, so now, now the Saudis are trying to do a bear. Hug. So now they're trying to, yeah, total vote of no confidence against the uh, against the PGL guys. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about succession later on in the pod. Let's stay tuned. Uh, so, so like, I think there's two two interesting things at play, kind of from an immediate standpoint. Well, sorry yeah. to to finish that real quick. So the the point of like why these releases are such a big deal is. You had a lot of players when it was a European tour event. I think the tour was a little bit more limited in power as far as denying those releases because they obviously grant people if someone wants to go play in the Scottish Open, if somebody wants to go play in the French Open, you know, whatever. The tour is obviously very flexible and and cool with signing a release for the strategic alliance. Of course. Well, even before the strategic alliance, they're they're saying, cool, yeah, go have fun. Uh, What's different, obviously, is when it's event essentially run by the the group that's trying to steal your players uh, I could see where that would be not interesting to uh, allow your guys to go but it's already it's this weird middle ground now where a bunch of the guys have gone over there signed multi-year deals to, to yeah. get appearance fees that which like, I don't have they don't a, show up this year yeah then maybe they have to give back some of their appearance fee from last year which I won't say I have a ton of sympathy for anybody in that situation but <laughs> it just just explaining why why this shit show is is going on and what the player what the issue is basically well i think it's interesting if the like this is a question i don't know if if it's the case do european tour players have to like would would they have to get a release from the european tour to go play in this now that it's a that it's an asian tour event Uh, i don't know and because the pga tour has a stake in the european tour that's one interesting thing i think too is like why like fleetwood I, mean, I guess he finished one thirty seventh in the FedEx Cup last year. Like, like why does Fleetwood have to get a release? I mean, I guess he's technically a PGA Tour member, but yeah, it doesn't seem like it's that's you know. I would just be like, all right, cool. Like, I'm gonna go play I, over yeah, there. I'd be lying if I said some of the names on this list. I was like, you know, who? But the problem. So cares? the problem is this goes no against to Stenson, but he's kind of. I know, think in years past, past this has gone against Farmers. I think this year it's against Pebble. Yes. Where and. and Winkle, uh, I believe it was against Phoenix one year too. Okay, and like Winkle, uh, DJ's uh, agent was like, "Hey, there's like very like you know DJ's supported the Pebble tournament like more than anybody over the years." Which no, is, nobody's won a Pebble more which, than DJ. which like other than Spieth is probably true. You know, I mean he's 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 won the tournament what twice, three times, and, and he's and he's he's played it a ton, and for him to not be able to go over and 
defend his title in in a tournament where he was playing against you know some of the best players in the world it's it's interesting that this is news knowing that guys have been did this last year the year before the year before you know when it was against the phoenix you know the uh you know it was overlapping with that week so now all of a sudden because the saudis have made a run at the super league the tour is going to play hardball with them. Is the Super League dead? Well, let, let me. Yeah, that's like th- this is all happening against the backdrop of like we we had kind of not not forgotten about it, but like hey, th- maybe this is you know two three years out. We may hear some more stuff about it in the next you know twelve to eighteen months. I guess shit is popping off right now <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah, that kind of like stopped me in my tracks a little bit this week. Hearing like fairly unsolicited from. Shout out to Chris Broussard, multiple sources. <laughs> but yeah, just hearing like, hey, just by the way, shit's like going down this week. And I think that I working hard to get confirmed specifics. And so we don't have like names. We don't have, which I know is DJ and I were working the wildly frustrating. You guys are trying to do some big J journalism. Uh, over here. Uh, yeah. And like big J journalists, we're not going to uh, share a bunch of rumors, even though we could. Uh, <laughs> but it's. Yeah, apparently uh, some names floated that I had not heard floated before as very, very serious uh, contenders to sign with one of these leagues. And what's crazy like guys to me that now, had like, re- like previously repudiated. But, but what le- is it the Super well, exactly. League or is it the PGL? That's what we're trying to get clarity That's what on. we're trying okay. to figure out is now the last we heard was that there are essentially, you know, now the Saudis have, have split off and are trying to do their own thing. I believe the Premier Golf League came out and said, no, those guys like split off and they're basically stealing our entire business model. They're not associated with us at all. You have the PJ Tour fighting for their own membership by like denying these releases and offering the na- the new like was it get fifty grand fifty grand if you play fifteen events. So now it just feels like it's, it, started, it's it, their loyalty program. It's starting to feel <laughs> it's a punch card. Uh, it's starting to feel a bit like uh, the the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, just a, a like three way standoff now with all these guys just pointing guns at each other. And it, it like on one hand, I mean, it, there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack. Well, let's unpack it. On one hand, if you have one league and one competitor, I think it makes it very interesting, right? If you have just the PGL who has spelled out like we want to have 12 events in the US, six events internationally, events in Scotland, events in England, events in Australia, events in Japan, like probably some in the Middle East as well. Uh and like really truly a world golf schedule and a team element to with it. With a team element that that much more mirrors like an F1 type of setup. I think that's so much more interesting than okay, you have that you have the PJ Tour, and now you have the Saudi Golf League, which is going to be, I believe, the last report was six events in Saudi Arabia and six <laughs> events in the U.S. Is yeah. that right? Like, imagine how much money. Like, they can't get these guys to go play down the street from their house at, like, the Honda Yeah. At, in Palm Beach. Imagine how much money they're going to have to pay these fucking yeah. guys to play in, like, TPC Riyadh <laughs> or, you know. That one sounds or like, less long-term, you know. That's like, what I was like, saying. It's, it's almost like the... The Saudi money would get bored after, yeah, you know, it didn't work, it whatever. It seems like such a good way to spend a billion dollars and just not exist in like four years. Exactly. Which there is, which from the names that we're hearing associated with the, with the SGL, they they tend to be older. Okay. They tend to have the horses in the back. They, they've, got, <laughs> they've, got, they've got the money in the bank already, but they, they want to go three, four, five years and then kind of ride off into the sunset. And, and also there was like a, a shocking... 
kind of middle-aged name in there that uh, I was like, whoa, really? On that side, and then... That's on the Super Golf League side. That's on the Super Golf League side. Tremendous name. Saw Golf League side. Uh, And then on the other side, you know, on the PGL side, I think that one seems to be a little bit more strategic and not just like a money cannon of like, you know, hey, we're going to get these guys. And, you know, I don't know. I'm still trying to gather intel, but... You know, rumors of both of these things demise, I think, were greatly exaggerated. Well, it's interesting too because the biggest pushback to the PGL, if I remember correctly, was the Saudi, yeah, the Saudi influence. That was kind of where they got kneecapped well, by like everybody just st- stopped listening to what they had to say because it's like, oh, you're being funded by you know by bad money. So now you can't really say that, right? Well, well I, I think now the big the biggest drawback to the PGL is their social accounts. <laughs> <laughs> They're not good. They're not good. Which, as a co-owner of golf, I need to speak to somebody about that. You own golf, dude. So do you, TC. Yeah, but but I think it's two things, Neil. I think it's on the fan side. I think it's the money. Totally agree. Which you know, shout out to the Aramco F1 race that uh, that we just enjoyed. All the celebrities are at today. But the other thing, I think, from a player standpoint, is just the loss of control over your time. And I think that what's really really crazy when you really talk to guys and break down what that means, I mean, it's that's that's not a small, insignificant thing to sign away. And a lot of people will say, like, well, that's what the fucking money's for, man. Well, those people are idiots. And what I mean by that is the difference between some, like, like let's say, upper mid-tier or mid-upper tier player, I should say, on the PJ Tour making, let's say, $6 million with endorsements and encore stuff and... PIP and FedEx Cup and all that stuff. Let's say someone's making six, seven million dollars a year. The difference between making that and twenty million dollars a year, I don't think I could be completely speaking out of my ass here, but on a day to day basis, I don't think I think you'd value your time a lot more than you'd value the money. But but I think in the long term, of course, that money gets exponential and you can do all kinds of more things with it. But do you get what I'm trying to say? I think I like that. You also don't have to play for as long either. Like you could play for exactly, you know, so that, that's where the long-term calculus comes in where you're, why where these guys would jump is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're like, all right, I'm going to play for, you know, I'm going to make $40 million guaranteed off of this over the next five years. Or I might make, I can play for another 15 years on tour and I might make right. 30. Million. I would say if it was a, th- if it was from what I read and, understood about the PGL stuff, thoughtful, exciting, new. It's also interesting to get in on the ground floor on something that's that's well outlined. Whereas the Super Golf League just feels like the cash grab of like, that just feels like we're, yeah, six it's events here, six sports, events there. It's just straight sport washing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So that that's, you know, but I mean, you know, like you say that there's no difference between 6 million and 20 million. It seems like for some of these guys, there's a, that's all, that's all they're, going on well, I mean, I know, that, that's like, the difference a, between like like flying private for like the rest of your life and like yeah flying commercial when you retire and I, you know? I i get that that's what i'm saying like in the long term i'm not an idiot like in the, in the long term i know it's a huge difference i'm just saying like when you have played you know three straight events in three different countries and someone's like oh come on dude like you get you're getting an extra like seven million dollars this year that that's not gonna make you like play better or make you get more sleep or make you get like on the flip side though you also like there's less events like they'd be playing less weeks that, that's what i was gonna say if, if we tease this out and the if the pj tour sticks with their you know if you guys leave you're we're banning you 
right? They let's say they 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 which drew, they kind of drew a line. Totally in the sand. know if they can even do that. That's the whole okay. But let's play that out for a second, okay? Even if they legally can't, they they do that. Then technically, what these guys would do is they play the PGL, say, or they play their twelve events on the in the Super Golf League, and then they could still play in the majors. Well, so those are controlled by the PGA. That's a right? big thing we almost should have led with. Is like all we're talking about here is non major non Ryder Cup weeks. Yeah. Right. And so as far as I hate to like reduce it to this, but as far as casual golf fans who only watch, you know, like I would I would consider myself like a, a exceedingly, exceedingly casual tennis fan. Sure. I would say I don't watch tennis more than four times a year. Right. And what it's almost like a oh what I have no idea what they're doing yeah. the rest of the time. Cincinnati. ATP one thousand. What? So I, I think for those golf fans, it's almost like yo, nothing is gonna change. For the hardcore people, no, who, actually, it gets better. Well, possibly, like you'd have <laughs> more. Would be a sweepstakes. You'd have more context for like who these guys are, and you probably would have more media access and better telecasts and all that stuff. Is pie in the sky, but it's what you'd think. I think the the schedule thing is going to cut both ways for guys, right? Where right now it's so you have ultimate freedom. You can go play, you know, any event you want. But also, it's what I was saying about like. Okay, now there's uh, 55 events, and if you don't want to get lapped, if you're one of those like kind of middle tier guys, and you don't want to get lapped by guys, then like all of a sudden, no, you don't have an off season. Sorry, man, you got to keep playing. You this keep is playing. on the PGA. Gotta, I'm saying Correct. as currently. it currently exists. Currently, yeah. So I'm saying the the downside is, hey, you will be at these 18 events, like no ifs, ands, or buts, and you will do our media stuff, and you will do our you know, whatever, you will wear this, you will have this contract, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure that, like, that's a massive fucking adjustment. But it's also turns it so much more into, like, any other sport where it's like, okay, but you will have, here's our schedule for the year. You'll know exactly where you're going to be. You'll know exactly when your off weeks are. You'll know exactly, like, I think, you know, with no cuts and stuff, there's essentially, like, a guaranteed money aspect to it, right? And so you think about, you know, you think about pitchers who underperform or something that's still make 200 million dollars right whether they whether they so you can make uh, an argument that there's a downside there because you were talking about no cuts being no yeah. juice earlier but then but I'm, then i'm on, talking strictly from the player yeah yeah i know but then but, on the flip side you've got a relegation too where yeah. like a guy drops out like what the hell does he do next and that's the big thing that they're gonna i'm i'm sure that whoever is working on these leagues obviously has thought about this already as they're messaging it to players but that's the biggest thing too is if you're a guy I forget how all the numbers shake out for the leagues, but like how was it 12 teams of four, right? In PGL yeah. or something like that. Initially so, at least. Yeah. So if you're in that like 30 to 48 range, right. And you're a guy that, you know, there's a very good chance, like shit, maybe I will jump from the PGA tour and try this league and maybe I'll be relegated after year one. And then like, then what? Like that's a massive question mark that I haven't really heard anybody answer yet because right? if you take the tour at their word it's that if you do jump we're going to ban you yeah so then you they could be out of a you know out of a job it, it could be a very yeah, that's, alex honnold situation that's the whole crux <laughs> no ropes too. no ropes man. Not, not that that in the world golf rankings yeah right because you know with the world golf rankings they would essentially be creating kind of a closed system right which is essentially what solly wants to do anyway with you know all the manipulators and everything he, he wants to basically only only give world ranking points to u.s based events and you know forget about everybody else but i don't like i've talked to people i don't think it would be in the tours like i don't think it would be legal for the tour to say like no you can't come back and play like it, okay. it would be like infringing upon the rights of their 
Well, I think it all has to do with like tax exempt status and all that stuff, which I'm not smart enough to know how that works. But 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 technically, so people who are smart enough in a in a vacuum, in, as that. we know, there could be if if somebody jumped to the PGL, there would be 18 events or SGL oh, or sorry. SGL, but just PGL for now. 18 events, and then there would be the four majors. They can still play in the four majors. Well, the majors haven't totally weighed in, right? Like they've had very uh, nebulous kind of. It's very like we stand with the PJ Tour <laughs> until or, we or, don't. Or, yeah, exactly. Like there's there's no the the harshest uh, or not harshest, but the the most uh, black and white language has been from the tour. Yeah, right? which is I think the PJ of America is probably the next yeah. closest because I think that like the Ryder Cup was a was a question as yeah. well, right? But I think the uh, you know something else too is like I just know there's a big groundswell of some of these guys on tour that like those middle tier players that are having to play in October and November and having to play in, you know, July a lot, like to, to kind of solidify their status or, or, you know, make up ground in the FedEx Cup. Like even some of those guys are like, like asking questions of the tour of, of Monaghan and of the operating guys of like, yo, like where's the money guys? Like, and, and I know as a, like for casual fans probably say like, like, what do you mean? Where's the money? Like these guys are making millions of dollars a year, but as a percentage of, the total revenue coming in and it's tough with the tour because it's there's so much charity stuff tied into it and the way that they run the tournaments um well there's but, so much bonus stuff tied into it too right like you see the fedex yeah. cup bonuses keep going up and up and up and i think a lot of that is we've said it with like the, the wgc's i mean i think it's just like massive cash redistribution mm -hmm. right? and like the pip stuff right yeah. trying to get your top dude so they don't bounce trying to find ways to reward them for you yeah, know, it's like limited field events, right? Such a fine balance, and I think it's pretty clear. I mean, I don't think the tour would say this, but it's it's pretty clear that why a lot of these moves have been made, right, is because of these competitive yeah. leagues, and that's why the PIP stuff started. That's why the Play 15 events stuff started. That's why the FedEx Cup has gone up, all that stuff. And I think a lot of it is it's just really, they're in a really hard spot because the way their business is set up has allowed them to succeed in a ton of massive ways, uh, just but, with being a member run organization and being like, and, and basically getting tax exempt status from that. And all, all that is the stuff that I'm not really like, again, not smart enough to talk about, but where it hamstrings them is when they have to almost kind of like pretend or, or show face that like, no, 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 all the, all the members are equal. And like, we need to, you know, they have to basically figure out a way to give money to the guys who are most important without putting that on paper. No, sure. Almost, right? No, we didn't give Ricky a Grant Thornton sponsorship that's tied in with the players. Like, right. It's it's just a lot of... A let lot let of me ask stuff. you this. Let me flip the perspective around. So what do you... How do you guys think that the PGA Tour could handle this? Like, what would be the best move for them? If you were commissioner for a day, if you were running it, how would you try to fight off or work with the PGL SGL. That's kind of the, the inherent problem is like, it's, it's almost so mature of an organization in its progression that with the new TV deal coming up, for instance, like, Hey, the PGA tour doesn't give a shit about their product. And that's the first thing I would do is like, I'd start giving a shit about my product. Cause then like, I think the viewers like in a medium to long term, the viewers would follow and start. You know, but that's such a, so to answer your question, like I truly don't know. Exactly. Like I don't know, and that's they're in a terrible spot. To to your point, John, it's like like I agree with you, of course, but that's like a fifteen year war, right? And I don't know what you do now. But that's where I'm at right now. Is like the new TV contract has yet to kick in, even, and 
like like we haven't even have gotten a taste of how bad coverage is going to get when <laughs> like in order to pay for that TV contract they're going to have to add even more ads they're going to have to do even more you know interruptions and and layer in even more stuff and golf channel seems to be increasingly unwilling to evolve their product or think the least bit creatively so like I, I just I don't know I'm so pessimistic to the point where I'm like yes like let's just blow the whole fucking thing up and if the PGL or the SGL doesn't work then something else will pop up but like the status quo sucks what I, yeah like again to your question which is a very very good one like I fucking don't know I don't know what well one thing I don't think would work is if big names guys in the top 10 do jump and they like they do what they say they're going to do and draw a hard line and let's say legally they they can let's say one of those guys wants to come back like all of a sudden some of these guys that fall off the relegation you're you're basically now hamstring or handcuffing yourself to say that the best golfers in the world can no longer play on our tour so well, now your product's going to suffer well, because so pin you know that for a second what's what makes that even crazier is that the tour doesn't own and operate the majority of the events yeah. right so it's not like it's a centralized thing that the tour is running every week and they're very like oh we don't care you know we'll take a hit in detroit because we know event, we're going to make it up not. in minnesota mm -hmm. it's very like okay let's say dustin johnson decides to go play and now it doesn't work or it flames out or whatever and he wants to come back now you have to go talk to or let's take bmw right yeah. as an event that we are familiar with you have to go to it's not the PJ Tour that's running that. It's the Evan Scholars Foundation that's and the Western Golf Association that's running that, right? And so they're raising money. They're putting up the purse. They're doing all of these things. And the tour is getting the TV money, but like you have to then go to the people who are organizing this event and say, don't let this guy Hey, play. I know Dustin Johnson texted you that he wants to come, but like, no. I know <laughs> I, I know he's won. I know, you know, no, yeah. he's, he's been a big supporter of this event, but you can't do it. Yeah. And like, how's that going to go? Yeah, I know. Well, it doesn't feel like, the, like it's, it's almost funny to me that they tried to intimidate these guys or, or, you know, draw such a hard line earlier this year well, when it's like, yo, that's not going to work. Well, to your point though, it's like, what, like what else do you do? And, and uh, again, I'm sure the tour has much smarter people working on it and much, you know, they, they obviously have known this has been going on for a lot longer than we probably have, but it's, <sighs> what I would see is. If you let's say the let's say I, the PGL I think you're giving them a lot of credit. <laughs> let's say the PGL takes off. Let's say the SGL takes off. Just at least one of them yeah. goes right. What's still yet to be answered is how do players qualify for that? Like we talked about relegation, but where do the new players come from? You would have to think there'd have to be some sort of other existing infrastructure, right? So let's say there's a tour that goes around and plays. 40 events a year and keeps a points ranking throughout the year that you high can, level professionals. Let's just say that that was a thing, right? Like it, it just seems like it would be uh, the tour is never going to take this uh, deferential like position and say like, yeah, cool. Sounds good. Take over the golf yeah, they world. Can't. We'll sounds be, great. Yeah. We'll be triple A now. But yeah. but yeah, that's where I'm like, dude, if it does take off and if they don't talk some of these like big names down, it seems like the natural evolution would be, You'd have this upper league of of players, and then you'd have kind of like the qualifying, and it just seems like the PJ Tour would turn and, into, and that. then everybody would come together for the majors, right? Which would be sick. which again, the which, tour doesn't which is have enticing anything enticing as a well, as and a viewer. if yeah. the tour said, "All right, you know what? We're we're going to consider." That's the one thing they've got in their back pocket of like we're going to consider the players a major. 
it's open to all. Now they show up for five events, you know, like the whole golf world shows up for five events a year instead of four events. Yeah. You know, counting that as a major, but I just don't, I I think the, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but I was really psyched about this idea when it was, this is kind of what I started to say like 20 minutes ago, but I was really psyched about this idea when it was an incumbent league versus a new league. Right. And that I think is very, like you're saying, it's very natural evolution of like, all right, let's just blow up the current system and let's redesign it the way somebody would redesign it if they were building a sports league in 2021. What sucks to me is the idea of three. Yes. <laughs> Where it's like, because then all of a sudden if you have, it just seems like you put yourself in the position to have a really shitty like five, 10 years of just very like no win is legitimate because so-and-so it's, wasn't there. It's like or, back when there was like the NBA and the ABA yes. and you don't know who, you know, it's just like, no, we just, we need to unite this thing. Yeah. Because I'm, TC, like part of me is with you. On like yeah, let's just blow it up, and I'm I'm pretty pessimistic about the current you know status quo, but then I think you got to be careful with that because it's never then because you're pessimistic about the status quo, but you're optimistic about yeah. this, and and it's not gonna go like it's not gonna go as well as you think it's gonna go. It's not gonna go the way it goes on. Well, paper. let's talk about effects too because there's a certain like we're we're talking about this all in the context of the top forty guys in the world, right? Of of you know I think the guys that are in the that 20 to 40, 20 to 50 are, are in the most interesting spot because 100%. they can kind of wait and see. It's these top well, 10, 15, 20 guys that have to, you know, stick their foot in the, stick their toe in the water, jump first, and then, and then other guys will follow. But that's what got so interesting to me this week is where I was like, man, if they're really like moving along on this and if they have, let's say they have their, like as soon as it hits critical mass, it just seems like it's going to be such a be fast. land grab yeah. for those next. Because the, the early guys that jump in players, first right? are the ones that could, would get equity and yeah. team ownership. And they're the ones who would actually make the lifetime money, right? So the, I think there's, you know, I think on the PGL side, there's the, the equity in the. Okay. Yeah. But even still, there's there's your 12 original guys or, or whatever, like call them <clears throat> captains, if not. There's got to be a reward for that. But like, what's so interesting yeah. to me is like Up how money. I would yeah. think how quickly those next. 36 spots would go mm-hmm. right where all of a sudden if you're a player in the top 100 i think all of a sudden it would become like oh shit like this if i don't jump now like am i going to miss out on a spot am i going to end up playing in triple a durham next year because uh <laughs> well that's the thing we've you know, got let's go we've I guess got, charlotte is a you better know, comp but. let's say it's 50 you know 48 guys 50 guys that leaves you know there's 160 guys in these fields a lot of the weeks 154 guys in these fields a lot of weeks all right then where do the other 100 guys go and I think in a weird way, the PGA Tour actually gets, you know, it's not going to be the best of the best every week. But from where I'm sitting, just in, if you're as a, super as a weird hardcore, hardcore fan, fan, it gets really good. It gets super compelling because <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It, you know, it's all like, oh, okay, th- this guy's battling for, you know what? Like, it'll be like F1 when like, you know, Sergio Perez didn't have a seat. And it's like, this guy's killing people yes. on the PGA Tour. We got to get him into yeah. the PGL or we got to, you know, and then, and then. The Corn Ferry Tour, like it's almost like the tour and the Corn Ferry Tour, kind of mix are kind of the same thing, yeah. and, and they're you know there's just you know there's, there's kind of top tier events and, and uh, bottom tier events. I don't know. Like I know we've talked about this a lot in the past, and some people are probably rolling their eyes and saying, "Oh God, I can't believe we're back here." Like what happened? But like there's there's a lot of chatter yeah. out there. It would it would be different if we were all making it up. And you made a a good point, Tron. I mean, it, it also could just be for all we know, like to you know. 
bring a little bit of balance. It also just could be agents like leaking stuff to a bunch of people and you know trying to extort more money from the PJ Tour, which, which is working. has been working pretty well over the last two years. <laughs> Stick so, to that game plan. Yeah, uh, but it's 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 wild, man. Yeah. It's uh, it's a true it's interesting uh, stuff. well. And the other thing we didn't sorry the other thing we didn't talk about is like if all these guys jump, I mean, like what happens to that TV deal you mentioned? Right? Is there some mechanism well, in there? There's a, there's a clause or a clawback of some of some sort that says, "Hey, if you know if there's a rival league and and this many of the top, you know, how I'm not sure if it's top 100 in the world or top 50 in the world aren't showing up, then like the like the deal's null and void." So that's interesting. I think what happened, like, very very small thing, but like what happens to the Netflix thing that just got announced? Right? Like, is what if like what if some of the players that they're like. I don't know, man. What, if what happens this, to your pension, Deej? What happens Is to that funded? I don't know. What <laughs> happens to uh, you know some of these players? Like, if you're doing a Netflix series about players leaving the tour, or like playing for their last time, and <laughs> like, I don't think the tour is gonna be down with that. So it's just, dude. There's so many. We're 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 so early in this. It's a true. Uh, we'll keep you posted here. Yeah. It's just I don't know, man. Which yeah. and keep in mind too the the PGL has said or at least you know last year year and a half ago they said hey you know we want to work with the tour on this we want tour events to be tours like double birds <laughs> yeah we want to be you know like kind of fold this into the tour and say hey these these events are kind of co-sanctioned where this is you know tron, tron i'm going to take memorial and the I'm farmers gonna, i'm going to take your house but <laughs> i want it Full cooperation on where you want to put the furniture, man. I want this to be a true partnership and then, between you and, and I. I want it to be then, your home. And <laughs> yeah. then you get to go. I own the house, you, though. You, but you, I will you be get taking to go sleep it. in the garage. Yeah. Anything you cook that looks good to me, I'm just going to take it, though. <laughs> I'm in, man. It's just, it's it's wild. But, anyways, the, the point of all this is I, it seems like it seems like the next three weeks, the next month, uh, as we're kind of between seasons here, it, it's not what I was expecting to talk about. I thought it was going to be kind of quiet on the the home front here but it, it we might be it could be intriguing the next couple of weeks so keep an eye out i still got my my pouch of misery with going down to yeah you do uh pga tour headquarters with a sign and standing out out front i might have to do something as this stuff starts going down do something on the sign there well we'll keep we'll let people know when that happens all right um Moving on, we're going off of golf. I'm going to dial in Solly right now. We're going to get some boots on the ground from the F1 race. If you're not into F1, this would be a good time to uh, uh, turn us off. But I will say, you may want to stick around because we will have an Around the Horn segment. And then we'll have Mallorca open. We'll have second, some nuggets from second stage Corn Ferry Tour qualifying. And then uh, a little bit nuggets. of succession talk uh, of course. from you guys, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, Chris, you're on with the oh, czar. What's what's burning with you, bud? The horn. Go ahead. First time, long time. Just been a big fan of your guys' F1 takes. I just wanted to call it. They went mm. to my first Formula One race today. Oh my goodness, was it electric? I got taurine just flowing through my veins right now. About <laughs> 85 Red Bulls. I uh, I don't even. I, I I'm struggling for the words right now. We're here in the Austin Airport, just the cultural center of America right now, overflowing with race fans, just buzzing. What a day. What, what would what you say? Uh, give us give us your highlight Where and, and paint us a picture. Where were you hanging out? Sounds like you were hanging with Team Red Bull. Uh, talk us we through that. Fully indoctrined into Team Red Bull. You know, I, That's I, brave I, of uh, you. We, we hung out in turn one. 
and just watch. I mean, it was that was the place to be for you know the showdown that came right at the first turn, Hamilton for Stafford. And uh, that the highlight was probably just watching Hamilton make that first move. I mean, it was just like total shock and yet appreciation because everyone there was cheering for Max. And it was just like, dude, it's kind of sick to just like watch the GOAT do a just a totally sick move that was balls to the wall. And it was uh, – we. I mean, I, I was half expecting a, a crash at that point because it was uh, – he just beat him to the inside line. And Max like tried to get over, but didn't go over fast enough. And I, it was oh, that was that was the highlight. And then coming down to, I didn't realize that there was like uh, fireworks that would go off when he crossed the uh, crossed the finish line. So that was a pretty big highlight at the end. And there was just champagne showers going all around the Red Bull tents. And uh, man, what a sport! What a sport! It sounds like you you have you've had about a dozen Red Bulls, which is <laughs> which is I've awesome. Had- so much Red Bull. You guys have, you know how many flavors of Red Bull there are? No. There's like 35 of them. I have them all. There's watermelon. It's like the coconut. There's like the Red Bull, Red Bull Museum. Uh, if my whoop wasn't dead, my beep per minute would be about 240 right now, I'm pretty sure. Sally, I'm sipping on a watermelon right now. Our friends at Red Bull sent it to me. Yeah, they've, they've been uh, trying to keep me on the squad, even though I, I hate Albon. Any word on Albon while you were there? What? Yeah, yeah. Everyone was talking about Albon. It's great. So that was the, <laughs> That was the big. That was the, was the buzz. It was the talk. The it was the talk of the Red Bull. They're talking about Albon and Ricky's uh, T54 about, finish. How about Checo? Let's not forget about Checo in this whole thing. You know, nice Checo, podium he for him. He's a dog. A popular, popular dude, man. It was. Uh, so I heard some crazy number of something. The amount of people that flew in from Mexico just to watch Checo race. He was. He was the one that had garnered the most on the ground support, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, but yeah, he, he he was kind of lonely. He he was running his own race today, but. Man, it's just like it, this is probably the most obvious take in the world. But you watch the Formula Four comes out first, and the, the W Series comes out, and they're all racing like the same cars. They're all equal cars, and uh, it's, it's more like go karting than it is race cars. And then the Formula One comes out, and they, you almost can't even appreciate how fast they go around turn run, and they they slingshot around turn two, and it's it just like it looks like a rocket ship. It's, it's closer to a rocket ship than an actual car. Yeah, dude, it was it was just an action packed weekend. The weekend just escalated from Friday. Watching even just watching practice was exciting. Qualifying a little bit better in person than it is on TV, I thought. And then, uh, yeah, the actual the buzz around the actual race. I mean, there's like 160 thousand people there. I don't know how many it looked on TV, but it was overwhelming. Supposedly, the people broke contain before the gates even opened. They were crawling under fences, and like all the people that were actually lined up at the gate. Uh, didn't get to the hill in time. There's people that like, cut themselves on the fence or fleeing. They're leaving families behind, just running ahead, trying to get spots Jesus. on the hill. It was intense, man. There was like a, a palpable, palpable buzz. I mean, obviously, it's my first one I've been to, but people that have been to a lot of them were like, yeah, four years ago, this was, it was absolutely nothing like this. You they could walk seemed, up and get a ticket if you wanted. They seemed blown away in the in the post game. Like Hamilton said something, and then uh, the other guy said something. I'm just like, I think we've got America now. Like, I think, I think America's hooked now. Which not. Oh God! Not to get too fired up about a bunch of the shit we just talked about, but like, imagine that, man. You you yeah. like made a huge investment in your content, in your and like, people saw the light and and uh, were very interested in it. But uh, it, Solly, the uh, I'm not sure if you saw anything. The uh, pregame was electric with uh, Brundle. Uh, Martin Brundle was he was trying to interview Megan Megan the Stallion. <laughs> 
and uh, had Serena a, Williams. Had a bit of a uh, Hunger Games, like the, the capital vibe, right? Just the it cele- did. celebrities all kind of Oh, here comes Shaq. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of a scoop. Ben and Stiller. Then, and then, you know, the people from uh, whatever, uh, District 7, District 9, cutting cutting themselves on the fence trying to get into the hillside. Kind of a Scoops Callahan thing. You know, <laughs> champ, champ. But Rory McIlroy, ardent Aston Martin supporter, Knew, knew everything, knew exactly who Brundle was. It's such a bad look when these people are down there on pit lane or, you know, at the start, and they have no idea, like, who the BBC people are or who the, you know, who the presenter is. It's like, it, it would be like Serena Williams being down on, down for like an NFL game and not knowing who Tony Romo was or Jim Nance or... Disgusting. TC, yeah, you're absolutely that. right. Hate that. Solly, any other takeaways? Uh, it, it was the only regret I had was like, I couldn't, you know, catch up with, uh, Brundle and Crofty and the boys, you know, I needed yeah. the announcers to like I, the undercutting and stuff that was going on. I mean, it was, it was pure shock when Max like dove into the pit so early. Cause we just had no insight that that was even remotely going to happen. And I, I just got to say another one where Christian Horner just absolutely pants Toto Wolf. And that is not the first time that has happened this year. And, uh, it seemed like just, I was catching up online. A lot of people were questioning the strategy when he ducked into the pit super early, but just two major undercuts and uh, Max saved his tires. It sounded like, again, we're, you're just kind of guessing when you're out there, like just watching him go around and around and Hamilton was gaining, absolutely just gaining on him. And uh, you're just, it, you almost kind of, it, it is a little bit enjoyable to actually not have full information. You're just kind of, you're, the suspense is, uh, is left to just your eyes instead of somebody actually telling you what's about to happen. So. I thought Max was going to get screwed by the guys a lap behind, like that he was, you know, cause but then he started getting DRS from those guys too. Yeah, um, that's and that's a Hamilton move. That's a, I didn't yeah. realize you could do that until I saw Hamilton do that. Nobody told, uh, I forget Nobody at what told point. me you could do that. Nobody told me you could do that. But it just seems like all those little things that seemed to go Hamilton's way last year. You know, we kept he can't keep getting away with it. He can't do it, <laughs> and it's catching up, man. I mean, what was what was the post round interviews like? It sounded like uh, you know Hamilton all props to Max. I just we didn't get. To hear any of that? Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty. It was both standard. of them were very professional. It was class. It was all class. Pure class from from both of them. Good race by both of them. It was a battle to the end. But Solly, let me be, just want to let you know you're in good hands over here. We have uh, we've had a nice little show and happy anniversary. Hope you enjoyed the weekend and uh, tell Hannah we said hi as well. And Toto, we'll do. I'll leave you guys with this. I just realized this way when we were you know watching Hamilton go around. Was like how many how many goats have you seen in their sport? Because I think this is only my second one. This one and the cat. There you have it, Jordan. Just, just some food for thought. I mean, yeah. It's something that I think I might have to try to seek out. I think I need to see Tom Brady play football before he retires. So oh, that, we thought. don't need to talk. We don't need to label Tom Brady the goat. Kind of, <laughs> okay. He's kind of an assistant quarterback. Yeah, the, the, the jury's still out on that. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right, so. thanks for calling. Next right, call. Boys. Next, Next call caller. Later. See you, buddy. Cheers. Wow, electric stuff. Electric stuff from Solly. He definitely sounded like he was indulging in some Red Bulls. Yes. I love it. Many. Hundreds. You can hear his heart. It's like a hummingbird. <laughs> just just fluttering. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? I, I don't have too much else in the notebook. Listen, the Mallorca Open, uh, they played it. <laughs> I didn't, another, didn't watch another it. Win, another week, another win by a Dane. They're this out there Jeff, doing it. I Jeff respect Winter, that. Uh, shot 62-71, 62-70. I want to give a shout out to Lori Cantor. Sure. Uh, tied for fifth. Uh, just having a big year. Yeah. Overall, I think he's he's killing it. Um, you know he, he's he's a longtime electron. Too, get, so. get that guy on a PGL team. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, what else we got? We got stage two. Second stage, uh, just, you know, four different, five different uh, second stages around the country. I think this is the one, correct me if I'm wrong, Tron, but this is the one where everybody always says, you know, the, the pressure really ramps up because if you make it to final stage, you know you're going to have some sort of, of uh, corn fairy status next year. But if you don't make it out of second stage, you're uh, not so much. So, yeah, a couple couple got friends of the program, Brian Ritchie, young hitter, making it through in uh, – in Brooksville, Florida, along with TK Kelly and Luke Guthrie, a couple other friends of the pod. Richie self-proclaimed greatest putter greatest alive. Greatest putter alive. Uh, we like that kind of confidence from our it. hitters. I think he had to make like a four or five footer uh, to make it on the number. So he was, he, he was saying, tell Randy I made like 160 feet of putts <laughs> today. Uh, good for him there. Out in uh, Albuquerque, Kyle Westmoreland, who just did a podcast, uh, another uh, self-promotion here, but uh, Cody McBride. Uh, we started a new podcast with him called Downrange, uh, where he talks about all types of different stuff with all types of different people. But uh, Kyle Westmoreland, former Air Force guy, I believe, right, uh, was an early guest on there. So he made it through. He'll have his uh, corn fairy status, some sort of corn fairy status next year. Scott Harrington was a uh, great feel-good story a couple years ago, made it through the uh, through the Portland event, obviously dealing with his, uh, his wife's illness, a lot of other stuff. Uh, and it was a true kind of... Things move quickly when you when you get up to the to the tour and kind of lost his card and had to fight back through second second stage. So cool to see that. Um, I believe we talked to him on the podcast. I had a great interview with him. Uh, Quad Cummins uh, from Quaid. Quaid? I it's spelled Quaid. I don't know if it's Quaid or Quad. Uh, the fucking <clears throat> shotgun start guys have messed me up. I don't know what it actually is. Uh, but <laughs> stud, those fucking guys. Stud from uh, Oklahoma made it through Alabama. You had Blaine Barber uh, and Andy Ogletree. Always good when USAM champs go do something, right? Like you, you never want the USAM champs mired in. I'm the much depths more of bullish on Ogletree than I am on the kid that won this past year. I think uh, Ogletree went to Georgia Tech too. No, the kid that just won was Michigan State. Or no, yeah. okay, the, the, the kid that won two years ago. The guy abandoned. Yeah, Strafacci. 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 I'm I'm good on Strafacci. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. Marietta stage. I, I saw Tane Lee. I remember writing a uh, golf week college story about Tane Lee a million years ago. And uh, he's he's still the nicest guy ever after after writing that story. Almost won at Congaree on the PJ Tour uh, and had to go all the way back to second stage. But good for him. And then uh, at the Florida event, just a couple couple names. Uh, Michael Visaki, who went semi the sack master. viral in the world of golf with his uh, his filmed, uh, oh my God, I just Monday qualified video was very cool. And then uh, Will Gordon, who I still contend is going to be a stud, but got to get keep the dream alive, first. brother. Yeah. Special, uh, special shout out to Andrew Olligood, young hitter. Yeah. He was DFL through two rounds. He and- was being hit and then he did, and then he hit. And then he was, I think he shot like, like 62 like, or 63 <laughs> yeah. in the final round. He was like, he was like 11 under the He's last been two hit Many, many times on the head with a hammer. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, fought his way out of the corner. And uh, I think that's, you know, turning a negative into a positive. That's right. like that. Speaking of turning a negative into a positive, Falcons. Falcons. Three, well, three, but maybe. come on, that was, uh, Miami's atrocious. They're terrible. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to hang that, hang our hat on that win. Kyle uh, Pitts looks like a we need to, super predator. We need to save this for the around the horn. Segment. Well, let's go there now. <laughs> All uh, right, Deeds, take us there. Around the horn, what what's we, burning? What are we doing? Just basically, you got thirty seconds. Maybe TC's probably going to take a minute. 
Uh, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I want to give a shout out to a couple things. Uh, Succession is back tonight, episode two. Thrilled to, no to watch that. No spoilers for Tron. If you uh, would love some spoilers, go listen to our trap draw that we did. Uh, goes up until the end of season two. I also want to give a shout out. Well, I've I've watched all of season two. I just don't. I don't want current season spoilers because I wait until there's like five or six episodes in the camp. Objection. He's infringing on my time. Yeah. I also want to go, I want to give a shout out to the guy. I went and saw Dune with my <laughs> lovely wife the other day at Sunray Cinema here in Jacksonville. The couple next to us sitting right next to me uh, split 15 beers over the course of the movie. And I just, How do you I've know never seen anything like, because I counted them after they left. Because they left during the climax of the movie when he answered his second phone call of the night. And uh, I believe it was from his is a lady who may have been indisposed in the bathroom. And uh, What kind of beers? Uh, Bud Light, which is going to open up the whole, well, it's not really beer, it's, it's more water. If I had <laughs> that many beers, I would literally die. Uh, and so they, Well, they each had seven or eight. In like two hours. It's a lot. It's a lot. And they were so loud. Was, Did they go a, to the bathroom? Power and he only went to the bathroom once. See, that's the most impressive thing to me. unbelievable. That you know of. I mean, he was sitting right next to me. No, I, mean, oh, I guess he could have pissed his pants. Yeah, he could have had yeah. an adult diaper on. Sure. Or... That's that's a good, that's good looking out. Uh, I think that's all I got. That's pretty cool. Yeah. TC, what do you got? Well, first of all, I want to give you uh, you know just a little bit of run for last night. Uh, oh, thank you. Went out thank to you. the to the barbecue place near our house. Pretty terrible barbecue, but that's neither here nor there. Neil's playing with all the little kids and having like very rational conversations with them. And then they wanted Neil to to, to do something or be the bad guy. And Neil said, "No, I, I'm not the bad guy. I, I never play the bad guy. It's bad for my brand." Yeah, it's bad for my brand. It's like Apple in the movies; they only let the good guys use their phones. If you're a bad guy, you got to use an Android. I'm not using Android. Come on. Uh, other stuff I'm burning on. Tua stinks. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine what Urban Meyer did this week during the Jags bye week. Uh, what else we got? Jamar Chase, complete animal. Reports on Twitter are that you didn't want the Bengals to draft. No, him. he was he was my number one. He was number one on my big board. Poosh already apologized to me today. I have the verbals from it. Well, I just want to say, Mr. Poosh, please keep holding Mr. TC accountable. That's the, that's the kind of stuff we need in this well, world. We're, we're we're holding Randy accountable too because he wanted uh, Devonte Smith, aka the Nebish Reaper, ahead of. <laughs> Jamar Chase. I want to ask Poosh, are we sure we want to get into this this world where we're sharing text messages? Yeah. Because that's the Rubicon. There's no there's no going back once we start doing that. So and, let's and just then, tread lightly. Yeah. And the, the Bengals, huge win. Huge. In, gone in Baltimore. In Baltimore. Sorry, KBV. the shit out of them. Yeah. So, and you know, a big win for right, your Columbia time, Lions, Your time's too. up. No. Yes, Columbia. 19 to nothing on the road at Dartmouth. Man, I got fucking smoked at Dartmouth <laughs> when I played. But... It was great to see the boys. They're five and I think four and one or five and one. Oh man, some special brewing up there in Morningside Heights, baby. Go Lions! Al Bagnoli. Al man. fucking bags, man. How about that guy? Uh, what do I have? Let me think here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to TC. He fulfilled his uh, his his goal this year. Last night, he <laughs> okay. finally put his hair into a man bun, and Freddie, his son, also had his hair in a man bun. I have a great picture. If I'm feeling frisky tomorrow, I'll probably put it up on Twitter. But the uh, the two of them, like father, like son. Fred, had, Fred had looked the, like a little sex symbol, like a little uh, you know European soccer star. Or something. Yeah, he had the tight shorts on, uh, running around the barbecue place, which stunk, by the way. Uh, so that was good. And I want to give a shout out to the Lax Bros across the street, mm. continuing to throw absolute bangers every Saturday. Shirts not optional. They you're you're not allowed to be at the party if you have a shirt on. They're playing beard eye. Snap in the front yard. This is the Jacksonville University. Jacks U last team, team is yeah. they absolutely sending it. Respectful to the neighbors though. They keep the cars. They keep it all in their uh, in their little compound over there. Um, but you know they 
they, uh, you know, they're turning it loose. Last three weeks, they've been turning it loose. Braden, Caden, uh, Branston, <laughs> Fielding, Sackmaster. You know, Hector the Protectors over there, keeping all the riffraff out. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been an exciting uh, weekend, and Neil, I'm ready to uh, watch Succession. I'm, I'm hyped for our number one boys tonight. What do you think is going to happen? What do I think is going to happen tonight? I think that uh, we're going to see Shiv uh, come to the uh, to the young gun side. Yeah, I think she's I pretty think, pretty. Uh, I think that was the implication. Certainly, she's driver. We're going to be making another stop. I yes, think she's going to join Team Kendall. Uh, she's got the lawyer. She's Spoilers. got. A, listen, man, it's 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 been out there for a week. I, I I'm not gonna change your lifestyle. I just hope we see some of those uh, pleated chino uh, tweets. straight leg straight leg chinos. <laughs> some, some cool tweets. Maybe a rapid TEDx. Get the yeah. BoJack guys involved. We've got to get the BoJack guys <laughs> on on board. We might have to get the BoJack guys for NLU. <laughs> That's all. That's all we got tonight. Uh, hopefully, uh, we did all right. And again, uh, congrats to Solly. One year marriage. How about that? How about that? We gave him the night off. Neil, congrats on your Braves too. Yeah, I watched yeah, the whole huge. game last night. That was huge. pretty cool. That was pretty cool. My, you know, my streak remains alive. I think I'm gonna watch the World Series. Hell and, yeah. And you know, fuck the Astros, man. Those guys are cheaters. I'll leave you. I'll leave everybody with that. They are. They are bad guys. All right. Not thanks for tuning in. And I know that. Smell ya. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.